worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the sea shore. Verses 7 to 12, Hebrews chapter 11. Then looking in the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 6, beginning at verse 1. Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep at all, excuse me, to, to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verses 1 through 9, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word, which is a a book full of grace, full of light, full of peace, full of power, full of encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have of being able to open your word and spend time with you one-on-one as you pour grace, power, and life and light into our minds, our hearts, our lives. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have of being able to use your word in our homes and in our families as a guidebook, as a weapon, as an equipping tool to help equip us for the battlefield of life each member of our families, in each of our homes. Father, anoint us all afresh with the spirit of grace that we all would grow an understanding of the importance of allowing your word to be the powerful weapon in our homes and for our families that it needs to be. Teach us and guide us in allowing our homes to be full of your word and to be guided day by day by the power of your word and the empowerment of your spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen. 
Thanks again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. We would ask that you please pray daily for the ministry of the American Family Association. We desire and need your prayers, and we appreciate them. Uh, We ask that you pray for the entire American Family Radio Network because we desire and need your prayers for the ministry of the American Family Radio Network as well. And we desire your prayers for this specific broadcast, the Hour of Intercession. And this is a broadcast whereby we're believing God to help equip you to become a much better equipped prayer warrior and a much more faithful disciple and kingdom warrior of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So again, your prayers are very much appreciated. Uh, We invite you to look with us in the book of Ephesians today. As we look at the topic today, building a genuinely Christian home. Again, building a genuinely Christian home. So looking in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, picking up at verse 15. Again, Ephesians chapter 5, picking up at verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Again, verses 15 to 33, Ephesians chapter 5. Again, we're looking today at the topic, Building a Genuinely Christian Home. And uh, we're going to begin to look at this topic, and let me just say that we're going to cover ground, but the fact is this is a topic that could literally could last months and maybe even years, of course, how we build a strong Christian home and a genuine, genuinely Christian family. So as we're looking at this topic, we want to be sharing some insights and truths for us as uh, Christian husbands to be striving for and for uh, truths that Christian wives are wise to strive to pers- to go after. But also, uh, we're speaking to parents about ways we're to prepare our, prepare our sons to grow up to become strong Christian men 
and strong Christian husbands as well, and how we can help to mold and shape our daughters to grow up to become strong Christian women and strong Christian wives and mothers as well. Now, keep in mind, obviously, there are some individuals that may choose not to marry or may not ever end up marrying. But the reality is, again, it's wise for us to be equipped if we do choose to go down that road. And it's important to understand that preparation is important in every area of life. Yet sadly, in too many instances, there are those persons that aspire, that desire to get married, but they go through so little preparation, training, guidance, and direction. You know, personally, as a pastor of many years, I require uh, a couple, if I'm going to do their wedding ceremony, I require that they go through counseling. And sometimes you may have a couple that may think, well, we don't want to do that. Well, then I just can't do the wedding because the fact is we require that counseling. And sometimes they may think, well, we want to get married quickly and we don't have time to go through counseling. Well, then they just have to find somebody else because going through a series of counseling sessions whereby you help to guide, equip, and prepare them is so important. I can't overemphasize how important it is. The reality is I've heard it said that 75% of marriages are unhappy. And of course, part of the problem is you have people that really haven't prepared themselves to be godly Christian husbands and godly Christian wives. And the fact is the Word of God defines for us what Christian marriage is. The world doesn't define it. The world didn't invent marriage. God in God was the one who came up with the wonderful concept of the institution of marriage. So um, as you may see this uh, label or sign on some appliances or items for best instruction, for, for best results, follow the instructions of the manufacturer. Well, God is the one. He's the one who manufactured or he invented marriage. It's his idea and it's from him and his word whereby we get guidance as to how to carry it out in a way that glorifies him and it's most fulfilling and it accomplishes its God-ordained purpose. So as we're looking in the word of God, we're again looking specifically in Ephesians chapter 5. Note once again the specific verses, verses 20. I'm going to start reading once again at verse 22 of Ephesians chapter 5 and listen again to God's specific instructions. I'm, I'm sorry, Look, starting verse, specifically at verse 18, but look at the, ins- the specific instructions God gives to Christian wives and to Christian husbands. And remember, these are wise instructions for Christian wives to listen to and Christian husbands to listen to. But remember, parents, these passages carry wisdom and insight that we're to draw from to teach and train our children to grow up to become one day Christian wives, and Christian husbands as well. Again, Ephesians 5, picking up once again at verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might present, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. 
So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Again, specifically verses 18 to 33. So again, as we look at the topic, building a genuinely Christian home, as we're looking at this topic Remember, these these are truths for us as believers to listen to and grow from. Now, the reality is none of us have a... The only person that has arrived is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. The rest of us, we have a lot of work to do to be striving to be all that God has called us to be. And so for every husband and wife listening, these are goals and truths for us to strive to fulfill. And so... Don't listen to what the word of don't, don't make it make the mistake of listening and then thinking to yourself I could never do that. With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can always be striving to be better at carrying out what God has called us to do, called us to do as Christian husbands and Christian wives as well. So, looking at just a few of the specific truths that God lays out in His Word that helps us to know what we're to do as Christian husbands, husbands and wives, but also as Christian parents. Characteristics, qualities, and uh, perspectives that we want to help instill in our children as they're growing up and growing to become strong young people that one day, Lord willing, may marry. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for the fact that your word teaches and guides us and molds us and shapes us. Your word is helping us to grow up, to be and do what you've called us to be and do. And in particular, as it relates to the Christian home, help us to strive to Live a life of excellence as we seek to be godly men and godly women, godly husbands, godly wives, godly fathers, godly mothers. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're looking at the topic today. Building a genuinely Christian home. We'll be right back.
music of Planet Shakers with Only Way, reminding us that the only way to receive eternal life and eternal salvation is through our Lord, through receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Again, Only Way by Planet Shakers. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, we're looking at the topic today, building a genuinely Christian home. And uh, in just a few moments, we want to. I want to share with you some important characteristics that we as Christian men should strive to, specifically as Christian husbands, but also parents. These are tr- characteristics and abilities and uh, insights that we want to seek to instill in our young men as they grow to become strong, vibrant Christian young men. But before we look specifically at those, I want to take time to share an article, one we've shared before, but it touches on a number of the topics we'll be looking at. The title of this article is Biblical Images of Manhood. And as I shared, once again, if you want to get copies of this article, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to share it with you. But again, the title, Biblical Images of Manhood. In the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, there are many truths, insights, and stories that help to paint a clear picture, a portrait of sorts, of what a man is. They specifically paint a picture of what a godly man is. Now, I should say very quickly, there's only one man in all of the Word of God that perfectly paints such a picture for us. That man is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone stands as our only perfect role model. He is the only man who lived a perfect life without sin on this earth. There are, though, other individual characteristics that we may find in some of the other men of the Bible that are definitely characteristics to be desired. A number of these traits could be appreciated by any and all men. In looking at the lives of many characters in the Bible, we learn important attributes and characteristics that we as men of God should seek to attain or receive into our lives as well. And of course, these are truths that we should seek as parents to instill in our sons as well. Also, in this day and time, there's a tremendous need in the world for a clear understanding of what a real man, a godly man is. And there is an outstanding need to paint a picture, a portrait of what a godly man looks like based on the wisdom of God's precious word. What are some biblical characteristics and some biblical standards that help us see and define what a godly man looks like? Let's look at a few. Number one, he has received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of his life. John 3, 16, see John 3.16, Romans 10.9, And he seeks to be a man like David after God's own heart. See Psalm 23. Number two, he seeks to read the word of God daily for himself. See Psalm 1 and Psalm 119 verse 105. Number three, he spends time in prayer daily. See Mark 135 and Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Daniel chapter 6, excuse me, Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. Number four, he seeks to have time daily to bring his family together to read the Word of God, teach from the Word of God, and pray together. Again, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 to 9, and Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Number five, he takes and or makes time to train and instruct his children, teaching them about God, the Word of God, and teaching them wisdom for all areas of life. See Deuteronomy 6, verses 1 to 9. Proverbs 2, 1 to 9, Proverbs 3, 1 to 2, and Proverbs 4, 1 to 6. Number six, he seeks to lead and take his family to church regularly. 
such as worship service on Sundays and Bible studies on Wednesdays. See Joshua 24, 15 and Hebrews 10, 24 to 25. Number seven, he has a sense of mission in his life. He seeks with passion to fulfill the specific call and callings of God on his life, whatever those callings may be. See Romans 12, 1 and 2 and Colossians 3, 1 to 3. Number eight, he works hard to provide for his family. See 1 Timothy 5, 8. And keep in mind, God gave Adam a job before he gave him a wife. See Genesis chapter 2. Number nine, he is a protector for his family. See Matthew chapters 1 and 2. And number 10, he gives the li- he lives the life of a good role model for his family and others. See Joshua 24, 15. And number 11, he has the wisdom and the courage to take responsibility to deal with problems head on. He takes responsibility and does not run from responsibility. See 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. A man, a godly man, has a love for God and a maturity and authority about him that sets him apart from the rest of the males in the world. A real man is seeking God and seeking to fulfill God's purposes for his life. A real man has perspectives that are biblical and honorable. A real man is someone who understands that women and girls are special and precious, and they are to be honored and protected by men. Real men understand that women are not objects to conquer or persons to be disrespected and used. A real man respects and honors women and girls. A real man does not take advantage of women. He respects women and will not be involved with a woman sexually unless he has won her heart in marriage and has put a ring on her finger in marriage. Boys ask questions while men give answers. Boys play house while men, real men, build homes. Boys shack up while men get married. Boys make babies while real men raise children. A boy won't raise his own children. A man will raise his and someone else's when the need arises. Boys make excuses for failure while real men produce ways and strategies to succeed. Boys look for someone to take care of them while real men look for someone to take care of. Boys drop out of school saying that school is a waste of their time. Real men recognize the importance of and value of education. They desire to be educated and or to gain a skill in order to reach their full potential in life. The world in which we live is in tremendous need of faithful, godly men. Pray that God will raise up many of them who understand the importance and place and call of God upon them to be men after God's own heart in their home and in society, and in the culture as well. Again, the title of that article, Biblical Images of Manhood. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to get it to you. So keep in mind, again, we're looking today at the topic, building a genuinely Christian home. And so we've touched on a number of the issues we want to expand on in the article that we just shared. But one of the Characteristics that we as Christian men are to, well, these are some of the characteristics that we as Christian men are to aspire to and to strive to walk out in our lives. But remember, there are also uh, truths and insights that we want to help instill in our boys and our sons as we raise them. Number one, get saved. Number one, give your life to Jesus Christ. Receive him as Lord and Savior of your life. Remember, the greatest need in the life of every human being is to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. 
And a man can never fulfill his God-ordained calling as a man until after he has received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's the most critical and crucial step he or she can take. Excuse me, he, strictly he, can take. (laughs) Uh, It's important to understand that as men, we need to know Jesus Christ to fulfill everything God has called us to do as men. So it's important then that we come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So every man is wise to make the all-important, eternally important decision to invite Jesus Christ to come into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. He's the one that can help you to fulfill what it means to be a genuinely godly man. Number two, we as men are to be spiritual leaders in our homes and in the world. Again, we're to be spiritual leaders in our homes and in the world. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think I find it helpful to use the three letters of the word pro that remind us of some basic building blocks of discipleship, but also these are building blocks of, of spiritual maturity that we should have in our lives that we live out, and also these are things that parents that we're to use to help instill in our sons, and of course, actually, this has to do with instilling in our sons and our daughters as well, basic spiritual characteristics that we want to instill in our children so that they'll understand that this is to be a part of your life period as an individual believer, but also as you grow up to become a spouse as well. These are characteristics you want to bring into your marriage as well. The three letters of the word pro refer to those three basic building blocks, building blocks of the Christian life. P, a vibrant prayer life. God's word tells us, in First Thessalonians, First um, Thessalonians chapter five, it tells us, "Pray without ceasing." We're called to be people given to prayer, and as men, godly men are men of prayer that make prayer a priority. Why? Because again, to carry out the God ordained callings upon our lives, prayer is a critical part, a critical tool to help us carry out those callings. So, we're called to be men of prayer. Parents, we must teach our children to pray. And we need to model a prayer life before them so that they too can grow in their understanding of how important prayer is. And when they see us praying, when they hear us call their name out in prayer, our children are learning valuable life lessons. R refers to reading specifically, reading the Word of God. Reading God's Word daily is critical. Psalm 1, uh, starting in verse 1, it tells us, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. We're called to be diligent students of God, God's word, and we're called we're we're wise to be believers that seek to read and meditate on God's word daily. And coming, we're wise to come to delight in God's word. Remember, when you delight in the word of God, you're delighting in Jesus. Spending time reading and meditating on Scripture is one of the ways the the ways whereby we can come to delight in the Word and thus delight in Jesus. Spending time memorizing the Scriptures and praying the Scriptures, these two are ways whereby we can come to delight in the Word of God and grow in our relationship with Christ as well. So men, we're called to be men who read and study the Word of God as a lifestyle. I pretty regularly like to challenge believers to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in the Word of God every day. If you decide that's not enough for you, wonderful. The fact is, the more you read the Word of God, the more you take in the spiritual food of God's Word, that it provides more and more nourishment for you. And the fact is, 
The more you spend time with the Word of God, the more God's Word nourishes your mind, body, and spirit. And yes, it ministers to your mind, body, and spirit. God's Word also lets us know in Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse 20, it talks about how the, the Word of God is medicine to our flesh. God's Word is medicine to our mind, body, and spirit. And remember, God's Word is medicine that has no bad side effects, none whatsoever. And you can take the Word of God in as big a dose as you want, and you can take Dose after dose after dose, and it will never, ever hurt you. It'll only bless you more and more and more. So remember, a very wise thing for you to do is just spend a lot of time in God's Word every day. Time spent in the Word is time spent with Jesus, and it'll bless you and bless you and bless you. It'll bless your socks off. So keep in mind, spending time in God's Word is so important for us as men, and we're to teach and train our children to do the same. And then O refers to obedience. Read the Word of God in order to live it. Never read with the intention of just simply learning a truth, but having no intention to apply it. Truth is always meant to be applied. James chapter 1, verse 22 tells us, But be doers of the Word and not hearers only. Men, we're to be hearers and doers of God's Word. And parents, we're to teach and train our children to be hearers and doers of God's Word as well. Lord, thank you for the opportunity. You give us of being able to live your word, to read your word, to live your word, and obey your word. And thank you for the opportunity you give us to be able to teach and train our children to do the same. Thank you for the opportunity to live that each and every day and to grow an understanding of how important it is. Thank you for the opportunity for us to instill truth that will bless our children for the rest of their lives wonderfully. Lord, help us to learn to find the great joy that's found in teaching our children these life eternal life truths and how to live them out and how them to make how they can make these truths a part of their life and make their life the best it can possibly be. Help us to be mindful, Lord, that the best we can give our children is Jesus. The best we can give our children is the Word of God. The best we can give our children is the Word and the grace of God found in His Word. Help us as parents to be diligent to help our children come to know the Word of God, to read the Word of God, and to help us to do our part to help them to, to fall in love with your Word and to delight in your Word as well. Teach us and give us the grace and the skill to be effective at doing that and helping them to grow in this more and more each and every day. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, how important it is that we're both faithful hearers and doers of God's Word. So, again, as men, we're to be spiritual leaders. Thirdly, let me remind us, as men, we're to be protectors. Real men, we're called to be protectors. We're to be protectors of of women in society, protectors of our spouse, our wives specifically, protectors of our children. And remember, we're to be protectors. Now, what is tragic is too, too many men in our world will hit and beat up on girls. Remember this. Real men don't beat up on girls and women. They protect them. We'll pick up there on the other side. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we look, we're looking at the topic. Building a genuinely Christian home. We'll be right back. Too far gone and too ashamed 
To think that you'd still know my name But love refused to lend my story in that way You didn't wait for me To find my way to you I couldn't cross that distance Even if I wanted to You came running after me When anybody else Would have turned and left me at my worst Love moved first oh, 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 oh. What kind of grace, relentless grace Would chase this rebel down Crawl into this prisoner's cage Take my hand and pull me out You knew I couldn't make the change So you became the change in me And now I live to tell the story Of the God who rescues You didn't wait for me To find my way to you I couldn't cross that Casting crowns with love moved first. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, Building a Genuinely Christian Home. And again, these we've been going over characteristics that we as Christian men and Christian husbands are to strive to live out. But also, these are characteristics and truths that we as parents are to teach to instill seek to instill in our sons so that they would grow up to become godly men who can in turn become godly husbands one day as well. So again, we were touching on the fact that we as men, we're called to be protectors. And that's an important truth for us to be mindful of as well. And real men are protectors in society. We're to be protectors of our wives and children, protectors in society as well. As men, we're to be willing to give up our lives to protect our wives and children as well. So that's a part of what a real man is. Men are not to be predators. Men are not to be those who beat up on girls and women. The fact is real men don't hit and beat up on girls. Real men protect them. And so guys that beat up on girls are wimps. Real men protect women and girls, and that's a part of his mentality. And so they have an aversion to the thought of beating up and hurting women because it's in us, in our mind and our hearts to be protectors. So sadly, though, we live in a society where too many men will beat up on women and girls in a minute. That's wrong. Real men don't do that. Wimps do that. It's important that we're guided by the Word of God across the board. So we're to be protectors of our wives, of our children, and protectors of women and children in society as a whole. Also, as men, we're to be respectful towards girls and women, period. 
Now, keep in mind, one of the Ten Commandments tells us you shall not commit adultery. Um, but also, time and time again, the Word of God is clear that we're not to commit sexual sin. The word fornication has to do with individuals being involved sexually outside of marriage. And the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, excuse chapter 13, verse 4, it says, Marriage is honorable in all, and the marriage bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Keep in mind, sex outside of the context of marriage between a husband and wife is where sex, the sexual union is to occur and nowhere else. It's never to be between boyfriend and girlfriend. It's never to be between casual friends. It's never to be between two men and two women. That is all sinful, and it's against and outside of the word and the will of God. Sex is for married people, specifically married men and women. And so keep in mind, when people are engaged or even if they're close, the fact is we need to understand clearly sex is never to occur between people that are not married. And also we need many men need to be told that boyfriends don't get husband privileges. The fact is, if you want to be involved with that young woman, part of your calling responsibility is to marry her in the Lord. And so, again, sex outside of marriage is a sin 100 percent of the time. So it's important that we seek to do things in a way that honors God as well. And so men are not to view women as objects to be uh, used and abused. Um, men are to see women as a prize to be won and one to always be respected as a woman. So it's important that we, again, take our values and our direction and our understanding from the precious and powerful Word of God. Also keep in mind, the Word of God makes it clear that we as men, we're to be good providers as well. We're to provide for our families and we're to provide and provide well for our families. One of the saddest things in the world is a lazy man, a man that won't work. Now, keep in mind, it's tragic when you find lazy men or lazy women, but there's something worse about a lazy man. It's our responsibility to take care of our wives and children as well. And sometimes you may have a man that maybe in his early years before he married, he may have had children here, there, and yonder all over the place. And then he decides, well, I'm going to straighten up and get married. Well, keep in mind, men... It's your responsibility to take care of all of your children, wherever they might be. Even if you have maybe a few dozen, uh, the fact is, by the grace of God, you trust God to help you take care of all of your responsibility. But remember, real men don't run from responsibility. They run to responsibility to take care of it. And so it's important to understand, too, that, again, men, it's our job to be providers. And we should... We shouldn't be men who are looking for somebody to take care of us. We're to be looking for those who we can take care of. But tragically, sometimes you have young men that are looking for women to take care of them. And sadly, you have some women that will tragically take in a man that's lazy and doesn't want to work. Again, one of the saddest things in the world, as I said, is a lazy man, a man that won't work. First Thessalon- excuse me, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you we we commanded you this if anyone will not work neither shall he eat and let me share something with you ladies if you're married to a lazy man that won't work you know you have biblical grounds to come home and feed yourself and feed the children you don't have to feed him you can let him get hungry and maybe he'll get up and do something but the fact is it's a sin for a man to be lazy now again it's a sin for anyone to be lazy but especially for a man 
So men, it's to be a part of our responsibility to provide and provide well. Scripture also tells us that if a man will not provide for his own, he is worse than an infidel. Even if the man, it's good if he goes to church every Sunday and maybe shouts up and down the aisles and has a good time, but if he doesn't provide for himself, he shouldn't consider himself a spiritual person at all. Real men will work and work hard to provide for their families. I don't think I can overemphasize how important that is. So a lazy man does not glorify God in his laziness. Real Christian men work and work hard to provide for themselves and their families. And on top of that, seek to be givers that bless the kingdom of God. Give and bless beyond their family to be a blessing to the kingdom and the work of the kingdom of God. So real men, we're to be provide good providers. Then, of course, also we're to be good role models as well. Men, we're to live in such a way that our wives can learn more about what a Christian looks like by the way we carry ourselves. We're called to be servants. The greatest servant that ever walked the earth was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And in some ways, that may seem like a paradox because Jesus is the greatest king that ever walked the earth. But he was both the greatest king that ever walked the earth, but also the greatest servant that ever walked the earth. And we're called to imitate Jesus, to be great servants. Men, Scripture does clearly point out that we're to be the head of our homes. Yes, that's true. That's very true. But keep in mind, it's important to understand what that does and doesn't mean. Again, Ephesians 5. Let me read this scripture again, and it's it's important to understand clearly what it's saying. Ephesians chapter 5, beginning at verse 21, it says, Submitting to one another in the fear of God. Before, verse 22 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Yes, that's in scripture, and that is correct. The husband is to be the head of the home, and he's to be in submission to the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet at the same time, that the verse just before it says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. We're all called to submit to God, but then in love to walk submissively towards one another. Sometimes there may be instances where the wife has wiser insight or understanding about a matter, and sometimes in some instances the husband may have more insight or understanding about a matter. But it specifically clearly says submitting to one another in the fear of God. So, yes, husbands, we are called to be the, uh, the, the head of our home. But a big part of what that means is we're the chief servant. We're to serve our wives. We're to serve and be a blessing to our children. Now, of course, the children are to be in subjection to dad and mom. But the fact is, yes, that's, that's part of why you provide spiritual guidance and direction for the children. That's a part of serving them. That's one of the reasons why we provide and take care of our families. Again, that's a part of being the chief servant. Men, we're to strive to be outstanding in our service to our wives and to our families. We're to strive to be outstanding servants, first and foremost, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Servanthood, again, as we live that out, we're walking in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's, it's a high calling to be a servant following Jesus. One of the highest callings in life is to be a servant following Jesus Christ. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the fact that your word is full of wisdom and grace that helps to equip us to be godly men and godly women and godly boys and godly girls. Help us to know, Lord, that every home and is, is an important place for your spirit in, to, uh, to abide and for your word to be of the priority for each and every one of us. Thank you for every believer listening today. 
Anoint the mind, ears, heart, and and understanding of every single listener with a mighty, 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 mighty anointing so that we'll be abundantly receptive to your word and your will and your spirit more and more as you teach us how to be godly men, godly women, godly husbands, godly wives, godly fathers, and godly mothers. Help us to recognize, Lord, the absolute most fulfilling kind of marriage, most fulfilling kind of home is a home where you, the Lord Jesus, are at the center of that home. We're reading your word in our home is a daily important part of our lifestyle. While spending time in prayer and praying is an important part of our life and our lifestyle as a family. And living your word is an important part of our life and our lifestyle. Thank you for the opportunity for the Lord Jesus Christ to be the center of our homes. More and more teach us to live that that out each and every day. We thank and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, our topic today has been building a genuinely Christian home. And let me remind you again, if you'd like to get a copy of the article we read earlier, the article simply entitled Biblical Images of Manhood, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. As we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never invited Jesus Christ to come into your heart and Lord as Lord and Savior, if you desire to be saved and to fully commit your life to the Lord today, today is a great day to make that eternally important decision. If you'd like to make that decision, would you from your heart simply pray this prayer with me now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came into this world a long time ago. Lord, you lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins and all the wrong things I've ever done. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent. I repent and turn from all the wrong things I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Today, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we're very much wanting to connect with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We want to share with you some literature that's going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong and vibrant in your new walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, joseph at afr.net. We definitely hope to hear from you. And again, if you'd like to get a copy of the article that we shared earlier, Biblical Images of Manhood, same email, joseph at afr.net. We'd be glad to get that to you as well. We Again, today we're looking at the topic, building a genuinely Christian home. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.